shit just too real. Respect my mind on the real. I'm telling you what's real. Shit just too real. I'ma come like this. Money making is my thing, cause I'm trying to be rich. Trying to put away meals, that's why I'm in the studio on my shit. Dropping rap after rap like you sell key after key. Backed up by the best friends, dropping beat after beat. My click is the high bar, best for you, so high. And it's dangerous if we ain't beat with shit a whole lot. No famous at all, nigga, cause we roll too deep. With they kids off sick, they knocking niggas off their feet. I go by the name the BG. I ride on home and deny eight Lexi S3. I bust a nigga dog off a baby on the V3. And all these niggas know my dog will do the same for me. We family, cash money is a homie nigga. A living nigga, so if you ever try to harm me nigga, it ain't really nigga. Don't get hit me nigga, cause I be your still. Like twist up real good, you will never get well. Cash money is a homie nigga, a living nigga, so if you ever try to harm me nigga, it ain't really nigga. Cash money is a homie nigga, a living nigga, so if you ever try to harm me nigga, it ain't really nigga. I got a path that you don't wanna cross, but if you do decide to cross, your weed is knocked off. I play wrong, cause it's a dirty game, a dirty world. I play raw and do my thing, nigga, fuck the world. Ain't nothing changed. La 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 la. Bitch, I sound like West Side Gun, don't I? Now I'm just fucking with y'all. Hey yo, man. What the fuck is the deal on the kill, man? Hey yo. I'm recording this shit at like 3 o'clock in the morning, man. It's just too much creativity flowing through the mind right now. I can't fucking sleep. So it's King Known, uncensored. The real is back. And speaking of the real, the homie BG has been released from prison after doing 11 years in prison. And he came home and Birdman picked him back up. He made sure, I mean, I'm guessing, my guess is, you know, he's signing back to cash money because I think Juvie's still over there. I ain't hearing no stories about him leaving. Wayne, you know, I don't know what Wayne's uh, contractual situation is these days. And Turk, Turk wilding the fuck out, man. <laughs> we already know his escapades. <laughs> We're not going to mention that. But shout out to BG. Let me tell you something, though. Before your precious little Wayne... You know what I'm saying? Was like getting all the attention. Shit, BG and Juvenile was killing Cash Money. Lil Wayne was wasn't even the best rapper on Cash Money. Like during its prime and its peak, shit, it was between BG and Juvie. A lot of people think BG is their favorite hot boy. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I was a Wayne fan, but I'm still a Wayne fan. But at the same time, y'all niggas with this little Wayne shit go too fucking far. But BG, let me tell you something, man. First time I heard BG, shit. Man, what year was that? It had to be the fucking Get It How You Live album by the Hot Boys because We On Fire came out in 97. And then, you know, it didn't necessarily hit until 99. And that's why they put it on their Guerrilla Warfare album. 
and then you know 400 degrees think yeah came out and then that that you know after 400 degrees i'm like let me get these bg albums nigga first bg album my cop was chopper city chopper city fucked me up for real chopper city the original one not chopper city in the ghetto that was 99 but that chopper city album classic classic album oh my god the original get your shine on see Lil Wayne man was knocking off BG shit man a little bit too rough man I understand like they was all in the same camp or whatever but BG got the original get your shine on nigga I'm saying though but um it had some classics on that bitch nigga Retaliation with Juvie and Bun B. Then, not to mention, it's all on you, Volume 1 and Volume 2. Dog. I'm not very good with the titles of the songs. I remember the, the album based on its production. And then just BG Rhymes was hella dark. But it's all on you, Volume One and Volume Two. Crazy! I remember listening to that album in middle school, nigga. Like, bruh. Then, of course, the patented, probably his most known album, Chopper City in the Ghetto. Chopper City in the Ghetto is what really put BG on the map as a solo artist nationally. You know what I'm saying? Because BG, you know, got his clout from the Hot Boys. You know, because, you know, they was releasing albums out the ass. Especially after that Universal shit. Like, what? I mean, a lot came out in 99. You know, you had the G-Code by Juvie coming out in 99. You had Chopper City in the Ghetto. You had The Block Is Hot. You had, um... Man, those are three big albums to drop back to back to back like that. But Chopper City in the Ghetto put BG on the map because one of the biggest records in Cash Money history was released on there. That was Bling Bling. Bing Bling is obviously got to be BG's biggest hit to date. And that's crazy that they put that on BG album instead of the Hot Boys album. But that was just a classic. And, you know, Turk was talking about how he was too high on dope to uh, do the video version. And then they took Turk off and, had, and put Lil Wayne verse on there. I had thought they took Turk verse off because it was too hot. You know what I'm saying? Because Turk low-key had the best verse on Bling Bling. To me... To me, even though BG verse was crazy though, but um, man, but that ain't even my favorite BG album though. My favorite BG album is Checkmate. That was the last one he did on Cash Money because after Chopper City in the Ghetto, you know what I'm saying BG. I ain't dropped no more music until Checkmate. 
trying to remember what year Checkmate was, dog. I think it was 01. Could have been 2000, though. It was 2000. That's what it was. Checkmate. So BG dropped back-to-back albums, back-to-back years. Juvie dropped back-to-back albums. Lil Wayne dropped back-to-back albums. And then the big timers, you know what I'm saying, dropped they uh I guess they I guess you could call it their third album because you know the big timers had How You Love That Volume One and Volume Two that was repackaged for uh Universal to release. Because you remember that Universal deal they signed in '98. They started releasing a lot of their old shit. But bruh. Yup, that's crazy, bro. Like, BG, Juvie, and Wayne dropped back-to-back albums in 99 and 2000. Checkmate is my favorite BG album. I know that shit verbatim. Like, that's the album that I remember the whole fucking track list for. Now, I may not be 100% familiar with the track list of his previous albums like that. Not because I don't fuck with it or nothing like that. I fuck with him, but Checkmate is the album that's his best work. That's what I view as a classic, you know what I'm saying? Because, dog, that I Know record with Wheezy? I Know was crazy. Run with my chopper, nigga. To my people, Gunslinger. Gunslinger was crazy. Jungle with Juvie, that shit. You know how we do with Wayne. Change the world with the High Boys. <laughs> Fuck is we talking about here, bro? Yeah, but it's good, you know, to to do a little rundown just in case people wasn't familiar with who BG was. Like he he signed a he low key signed the Cash Money. Around the same time, Lil Wayne signed the Cash Money. They both was kids. They was young. You know, he was in a group with Lil Wayne called the BGs. You know what I'm saying? They was a little kid gangster group. It was Lil Wayne and BG. This before the Hot Boys. You know, the Hot Boys was formed around 1996 when they added Turk and Juvie. Shortly after the BG's uh, album release, shit, then they like they was working hard, man. They released Guerrilla Warfare in '99 too. That shit crazy, bro. But Checkmate was that fucking deal by BG. Then you know he left Cash Money, you know. For the same reasons everybody else left cash money. Niggas started learning the business and learning that money was missing. And he dipped. I think he did Life After Cash Money. Then he did that double independent album, Living Legends and shit. I remember that. You know, they weren't my favorite BG projects and nothing like that. But Life After Cash Money had one of my favorite BG records on there. I want it. Bruh. Shit, I Want It is like one of the more underrated songs by BG. That shit was a hit. It had everything that a hit should have in it. Dope ass beat, dope lyrics, catchy hook. Just 
everything you want in a uh, rap song. But you know, you I think you know it's gonna be a, a Hot Boys and Big Timers Cash Money reunion tour. I already know what time it is, bro. And I will definitely pay my hard-earned money to see it, man, because I didn't see everybody but them niggas. Like, I ain't never get to see the hot boys and the big timers. You know what I'm saying? You know, I got to finally see the bad boy niggas. I seen fucking Kendrick and SZA a hundred thousand times. Seen Kanye. I seen Hove. I seen Eminem. You know, I ain't seen Hot Boys and the Big Timers, you know, and I ain't seen Wu-Tang. Them two things that I got to see before I die, man. I got to see the Cash Bunny niggas, the original ones, not Drake and Nicki. I ain't trying to see no punk-ass Drake and Nicki. Fuck them. They not the real Cash Bunny nigga. No disrespect intended. You know, Wheezy, the wobbity-wobbity-wheezy, B-Jeezy. Turk, Juvie, Manny, and Baby. You know, that's what I want to see. I ain't trying to see that, you know, overrated cash money niggas, man. I ain't trying to see them niggas like that, B. I ain't fucking with it. I want the real shit. The authentic cash money. But shout out to BG. Glad you're free, man. I mean, it'd be nice to hear some new music. <clears throat> shit, man. What about a Hot Boys album, nigga? That shit would be crazy with Manny production. I don't know, man. Wishful thinking. All right, man. We off that now. Um, It is what it is. Then made a two-episode back-to-back comeback. Like, they took a little break, but they back at it. Mason Cam and Trezor Wilson. That's a killer trio, man. You know, you got to include Stat Baby, man. Into, you know, it, it ain't just Cam and Mace show, bro. You got to include Treasure Wilson, too. You know, she, be, she cold with it. And she's also cold, too. Ha, 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 ha. But anyway, the first episode had Antonio Brown, the infamous AB, you know. Antonio Brown, I mean, I know this is football-related. It's football season, so you got to understand, you know. But I'm just glad to see my favorite sports show back to kill niggas because they killing all the other ones that's out. I don't really like them niggas like that. But it seemed like that uh, first fake, you know what I'm saying, with, with Shannon Sharp calling that nigga Skip every five minutes. Man, that nigga had a bad crush on Skip. He just couldn't wait to say it. He was like, oh, shit. <laughs> Y'all see that? Y'all see uh, before we get to it is what it is, right? And Antonio Brown, right? Did y'all see Shannon Sharp go Mitch McConnell? On first take, <laughs> he called that boy Skip, man. <laughs> and I seen a couple of their segments. I ain't gonna lie. They look pretty good. And the killer part was 
despite FS1 being the worldwide leader in sports, first take is still smoking undisputed packs, man. Still. The numbers are still, and then you add Shannon Sharp to it, it's still an ass kicking. I heard first things first, nigga, with Nick Wright is doing better numbers than undisputed. Man, ain't that sad? Man, that shit sad as a motherfucker. But anyway, man, back to it is what it is. So, AB was on there and he talked about like what exactly happened when the nigga took his shirt off and ran off the field and and quit on the Buccaneers. You know what I mean? He quit for a reason. I guess he felt undervalued. And, you know, a lot of people was disrespecting him. You know, they were saying basically that Tom Brady was sunning A.B. And, you know, he talked about his relationship with Tom Brady, how it started to, like, fall off after, like, uh, Giselle hugged him a little bit too hard for uh, his, even his liking. You know, he even A.B. was uncomfortable with that shit. And, you know, from what I understand, you know, A.B. is going to be like a frequent collaborator during the NFL season with Cam and Mace. But A.B., man, he bought, even though, you know, I kind of worry about A.D. because of the, you know, he might have that CTE. But it seemed like he articulated himself well on this show and definitely explained like the trials and tribulations of his career, you know, he talked about how his Steelers coach, uh, Mike Tomlin, you know what I'm saying, was respectful, and you know, I forgot A.B. won a ring with Tom Brady in, in, in Tampa Bay, forgot he was there, shit, that team was unstoppable low-key, you had Mike Evans, Antonio Brown on the same team, and Gronk, and Leonard Fournette. Balling ass niggas that year. But AB. Shout out to AB, man. Put that shit on. <laughs> Yo, dog. That shit. When the nigga, when the nigga AB came out, this nigga Cam was wildin', bro. <laughs> like I said, man, they, they just bring a certain type of authenticity. That's not on sports shows. Like, these dudes, like, really are just fun. Pause. But, um, <laughs> the second show had OJ Simpson on there. I was like, oh, shit. Because when I saw the preview on my YouTube page, I was like, oh, they about to have the juice. So you got two killer cams. You got killer OJ and you got killer cam. And murder mace. So you got three certified killers on one show at the same motherfucking time. <laughs> you got the juice. The best that did it and the best that got away with it. You know what I'm saying? He didn't get away that second time, but we ain't going to talk about that. I'm surprised they ain't bring up the case on the show. I would have definitely brought up the case, nigga. But we, just, he, you know, he was on there to talk about his career 
and bring the wisdom to the running back situation out there because, you know, the running backs are complaining about not getting paid enough money. And I ain't going to lie. The running back position, probably the toughest position to play, especially starting running backs. You got to block. You got to run routes. You got to run the ball. You got to try not to run into the offensive lineman. You got to follow your blockers. You got to not get hit by these big motherfuckers and shit. Pause, you know what I mean? Super pause on that shit. But, um, damn, dog. But OJ talked about his career on the Bills, you know, how they never really put a good team around him, which is facts, and how all the other running backs had these tailor-made, well-put-together teams, you know, when OJ got to the Bills, they was an expansion team, so you already know how that go, the juice. You know, everybody, you know, every, you know, I, I couldn't wait to hear Cameron thoughts on fucking Deion Sanders and shit. Yeah, that was the first thing he came out with, like, yeah, motherfuckers, you know what I mean? That's exactly how I would have came out if one of my favorite players got to be a head coach and is doing his thing. Like, I can't wait to that day. Hopefully, Chauncey keep his motherfucking job in fucking Portland, man. Because they dealt him some rough cards. Alright. Now moving on off that. Schoolboy Q did an interview with the Back on Fig podcast. I ain't gonna lie, man. They're they alright. You know, they're up and coming. You know, a lot of people, you know, obviously... Um, my first time seeing their podcast was when Reason got into it with Musa. You know what I mean? That was a crazy situation. And then, you know, Schoolboy Q got interviewed. I was like, shit. I cut that shit on. I watched that shit today. You know, I I watched about two hours of it. I didn't watch the full three hours and 30 minutes. Because I wanted to get to uh, certain things, you know. Listen, man. I'm going to tell you something about Schoolboy Q. I got a few things. First off. You know, when I first heard Schoolboy Q, man, um, that was Section 80. And then, you know, once I heard that Cuz had an album, I was like, oh, shit, he got an album? You know, the first thing I heard was Habits and Contradictions. I ain't know about Setbacks being his first project until, like, later on. So Habits and Contradictions. Let me tell you something. I listened, I jammed that album at work every day like you know first thing I heard was life for me is just weed and bruise see the hoes flock to you when your name is Q that shit gave me so much confidence nigga you know my first initial being Q and shit I'm like oh shit that shit hard as hell but um yeah man hands on the wheel with Rocky saw that video on YouTube, man, I was like, I gotta get this nigga album, sure enough, you know, Druggies With Hoes, part two and shit, 
You know what I mean? Blessed with K-Dot. Too Raw with J-Rock. Oh, my God. Like, my hating joint. That's got to be a top three schoolboy Q joint. Like, like my hating joint. <laughs> Bruh. Mike Will killed that beat, bro. That was a different sound for him. Niggas already know, like, god damn, like, Habits and Contradictions had hits on there. Mega hits. And, you know, Schoolboy Q in this interview explained why he hasn't dropped an album lately. Schoolboy Q is one of those guys that doesn't like dropping every year. He just doesn't. And I can respect that, man, because, you know, somebody likes to brag, ooh, I drop music every year. Nobody drop music like me, bitch. <laughs> you know, Drake, you know what I'm saying? Drake always bragging about dropping music every year. I'm like, well... It's a reason why Drake ain't dropped no good album since Scorpion. Because you oversaturating yourself and you just throwing shit out. Niggas like Schoolboy Q make good music. You know what I'm saying? Schoolboy Q ain't never dropped no album that had me like, what the fuck? This nigga on that weirdo shit. You know, but Drake got like three or four or five albums. I'm like, what the fuck this nigga Drake doing? Like... Man, get back to that Tuscan leather, man. You know what I'm saying? But Schoolboy Q, bro. Setbacks is dope, man. That was a good album. I'm not 100% familiar with it. But, I mean, I love that Rolling Stone record, though. That shit was crazy. But, you know, Oxymoron, that's the album right there that... That 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 schoolboy Q took off commercially, you know. Oxymoron got super fire joints. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know where to start. Like collard greens, that was the shit. The title track, you know. What was that joint with Raekwon? I always forget the name of that song, but the joint with Raekwon on Oxymoron out of there. Joint with Tyler, the creator, and Corrupt. <sighs> that was fucking out of there, bro. Love that record. Um, What was the other joint? Uh, Los Awesome with J-Rock. Yay, <sighs> yay. Oxymoron is crazy. Blind Threats, that's the name of that joint with Raekwon. Yeah, man, fuck. And then Blank Face, you know, low-key, I ain't gonna lie. Q done dropped, Q dropped three straight classics, bro. You know what I'm saying? Q dropped three straight classics. Habits and Contradictions, Oxymoron, and Blank Face. Blank Face, you know what I'm saying? That was just... Critically a classic. That's a, that whole thing slap. Like from studio to oh, studio was on oxymoron. My bad. But blank face just 
crazy. That part, the joint with Jada. Uh, 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 fuck, I keep forgetting the name of that song. Fuck it. Ha <laughs> ha, the joint with Kiss. I always forget the name of that record. But, um, dog, John Muir. <sighs> Fuck. Like, Dope Dealer with 40 Water. Crazy. The joint with Scissor was fire, too. <sighs> yeah. Lord have mercy. Ah, man. Both joints with Anderson Pack slap. Then you had Crash Talk. That's that was a yeah. Schoolboy Q in that interview said that he didn't like Crash Talk. I don't understand why, man. Because Crash Talk is probably his com- his most commercial sounding album. Maybe yeah, yeah. I remember. I remember now. He said that he didn't like Crash Talk because it wasn't personal enough, and he was just making hits. Man, Crash Talk has some joints though. Like the title track was crazy. The joint with Twenty One Savage floating. Die with him was stupid. Num Num Juice was out of there. I ain't really drunk. I ain't really drunk. That shit was fire. Um, that part remix was just man. <laughs> that was on blackface, but y'all niggas know what time it is, bro. It's 3.30, nigga, shut up. But that motherfucker slapped. But back to the interview with Back on Fig, it's just like... He chronicled pretty much his whole life story, basically. In a way, he... He said that Kendrick just... Carried this nigga, basically, in a way. Like, not like I'm sunning you... But not, but but like you know what I'm saying. Like you, my man's. I'm gonna put you on, and you know because he detailed that Kendrick thought Schoolboy Q was fucking up and slipping. So he was just like, "All right, bro, you gonna be my hype man on tour." And then you know Kendrick ended up firing him as his hype man because Schoolboy Q was about to pop. This is around. Habits and Contradictions time. You know, because Section 80 was already popping. And then, you know, once Q stood on... I forgot about my favorite Q joint, Man of the Year, too. I forgot about Man of the Year. Man, that's my shit. And fucking Hell of a Night. Ah! Oxymoron, a classic, nigga. Shit. But anyway, um... He also talked about like how he's no longer wearing the signature bucket hat. Like I was wondering like how come this nigga stopped wearing bucket hats? And he was just like, I like he, you know, he likes to evolve. Like this nigga's really a true artist, if you think about it. Like this nigga don't drop no bullshit albums. He dropped like every three or four years. And that's what I like about Schoolboy Q. He take time in between albums because that's how great rappers are that's how the good rappers stay good that's why j cole and 
Kendrick Lamar drop classics all the time because they take the time in between the albums to perfect the craft and to perfect the work. You know, TDE on a run right now. You don't you understand you understand what I'm saying? Like them niggas is on a run right now. I mean, you had Kendrick start off the run, then Scissor came out, then Reason dropped. You know, Dochi had a big hit record. Absol dropped. You know, a dope ass album. And now, Q, you know, you had Reason drop his album. You know, now Q next up. Now he's supposed to be next to come back. He said he was going to drop before the year was out. Can't wait. You know, he said his album is done. That's what also he said on the podcast that his album was done. He hasn't, he didn't say the title yet. If he did say the title, I must have missed it. But he also chronicled a lot of his favorite moments on TDE. Not going to give too much away on that interview. I suggest y'all watch that shit. But I was just trying to uh, let y'all know how big of a fan I was of Schoolboy Q, man. Like, And how nice the nigga really is. I think he underrated, in my personal opinion. But anyway, let's move on. So, did y'all know? I don't know if I reported this before. I may have, but Mark Cuban was fined $750,000 for tanking with the Mavericks this year, as he should have. The Mavs, y'all know damn well that if Dallas would have made the play in, they would have worn out. Okay, see what and whoever the fuck, whoever the fuck was the AC, they wouldn't have made the playoffs if Kyrie and Luca was there. Oh, Minnesota definitely, they bitch ass. Hey, man, hell no. We know damn well Minnesota would have not made the goddamn playoffs if the Dallas Mavericks came in as a 10th seed. They would have beat the brakes off of my Pelicans. They would have beat the brakes off of the goddamn. Who else was in that plan? Out the thunder. They would have beat the brakes off them. I don't know, dog. What if Denver would have played Dallas? I think Denver would have won the series, but I think Dallas could have pushed them seven games. Give or take. Call me crazy. But Mark Cuban thought that he was going to tank and get a top five pick. Then they fucked around and got the 10th overall pick, who may be a project player. I hope he's not, though. I think Derek Lively could go right into the starting lineup with no problems. But, um, yeah, man, he deserved to get fined for tanking. He, you know, they quit on the season. Kyrie and Luka ain't want to miss no playoffs. They had a shot. They definitely could have made the play-in last year. But hopefully this is a new season, a new day. 
Let's hope they can get to the playoffs in that crowded Western Conference. Speaking of the Western Conference, man, god damn, dog. New Orleans Pelicans guard Trey Murphy suffered a meniscus injury to his left knee during the workout today and will undergo further testing. It is immediately unclear whether he'll require surgery. There's two ways that you can tear your meniscus. The short way or the long way. Pause. The short way is, all right, that's six to eight weeks. You know, Trey Murphy would probably be ready by the beginning of the season. If he tore his meniscus the long way, pause, right? That nigga might miss half the season. Depending on how bad it is, he could miss the whole season. Because that's the same shit that Lonzo was dealing with. But my prayers of recovery goes out to Trey Murphy. He on one of my favorite teams and shit, the Pelicans. Yeah, Trey Murphy, a lot of people don't know him. You know, he was in the dunk contest last year. And he's a very excellent three-point shooter. So the Pelicans definitely going to miss him. But the good news about that is, is for one rookie Jordan Hawkins, he going to get a lot more clock now. So, yo. Prayers go to Trey Murphy now. Puff Daddy, Brother Love, P. Diddy, Sean Diddy calls, whatever the fuck, right? Whatever he wants to call himself these days. This nigga stay in the news. Man, that nigga 60, bro. You don't need relevancy, no more, Puff. This nigga 60 dropping a new album and shit. Trying to be young still, like Puff. You about a hundred pounds, more overweight. You don't move. You don't Harlem shake like you used to, bro. <laughs> like you, you got about 300, 400, 500 million, nigga. Chill, Puff. But Puff put himself in the news again. I guess he turned down some multi-million dollar deal for his publishing or whatever for his other artists. So, Puff gave his artist back his publisher today. You know, The Locks, Mace, G-Dev, Black Rob. I'm like, damn, cuz half your label died, bro. Craig Mack can't enjoy his publishing. G-Dev can't enjoy his publishing. He in jail. Uh, Black Rob can't, can't enjoy his publishing. I mean, the locks can. I mean, I don't know what the publisher is worth, which leads me to my next part of the story. You know, Mark Curry, a former bad boy artist who was on bad boy from what? 95 to like 04. I think he left in 04 because, you know, Mark Curry was the dude that came out with that classic book. Like I actually read that book. You know what I'm saying? Like, I like to read music documentary novels. That's the only thing I really like to read, though. 
Like, I don't like reading other shit. I just like the music industry novels. That's the, the books I might pick up. Because there's some interesting shit in that. Dancing with the Devil, How Puff Burned the Bad Boys of Hip Hop. That was a classic book, man. Y'all need niggas need to read that. Matter of fact, shit, I might read that bitch. Again, for the 50th time. I wonder if he got an audiobook version of that shit, man. That's... That's the type of shit that I'm on. That's a classic book. But he came out and did a live and talked about how, you know, why are you giving us back our publishing? You should have gave us $2 billion, $3 billion instead of that. That publishing ain't worth, you know, he, Mark Curry basically said that the publishing that Bad Boy got ain't worth a shit. Now, you know, he does say that he does own the rights to bad boy for life because obviously he wrote puff verse and he had a verse on the song himself so he got a big percentage of that record so like when movies license that content he gets a paycheck basically when you know because you know he said the publishing ain't worth much because you know how much of our old shit Gets played on the radio. You know what I'm saying? You know, a lot of the newer stations that play newer music might do a throwback session. You know, maybe the older radio stations might play it or whatever, but it don't hit the same like it would have 15, 20 minutes. uh, No, 15, 20 minutes. 15, 20 years ago. And, you know, them niggas ain't going to make no money off this shit. You know, Mark Curry had a sly comment about Puff. You know, you ain't even a billionaire no more. <laughs> that is hilarious. You know, Mark Curry felt like he channeled what some of the artists are thinking. And here's my thoughts on this. You know what? Because... Um, how we found out about this situation, Cameron was the first person to announce that Mace got back his publishing. You know, and then I guess it set off a chain reaction as 112 total loon shine. Faith Evans, Carl Thomas, all them niggas got their publishing back. I mean, that's good, but if Puff would have done this 15 to 20 years ago, bro, I think Puff would have looked a lot better. Now when Puff does it, it's just kind of like, why you doing this now? You're only doing this shit for clout. That's what some people are thinking. That's not necessarily what I'm thinking, but... Some people, you know, view Puff as a shysty nigga in the industry that does his artist dirty and doesn't do right by his artist. You know, a lot of people are going to probably call Mark Curry bitter because he never blew up as a solo artist and was designated as just a writer that wrote Puffy, some of Puffy's bigger songs. So I understand where Mark Curry is coming from, and I get it, man. I understand both sides of the coin. 
Puffy doesn't deserve as much praise as he's getting. You know, because he should have been did this shit. Straight up. Not gonna hold you. Last but totally not least, Christian Wood ended up signing with the Los Angeles Lakers. I had questioned why Christian Wood wasn't being picked up by other teams because last year on the Mavericks, dude had a career season with Dallas. And how his minutes dwindled last season was just shocking to me. You know, rumor has it, you know, he, him and Jason Kidd got into it. I say rumor. Wasn't confirmed, but I heard some things that, that, you know, Christian Wood was insulting Jason Kidd and homeboy who was um, Steven Silas, who was the former Rockets head coach and current Pistons assistant head coach. But, man, Christian Wood signing with the Lakers. Christian Wood has signed with the Lakers. That completes probably their little rotation right there. I think the Lakers are done this offseason. I don't think they need to make any more moves. They have a complete team now. So, it's no excuses, man. They trying their hardest to get LaBald another ring, bro. LaBaldi James, another goddamn ring. They trying to pull out all the stops. You know, now he broke the scoring record. Then if he gets a ring, you know, niggas going to consider him the GOAT, even though Michael Jordan would still have more championships than him. I still wouldn't rank him above Kobe Bryant. I'd probably rank him above Magic, though. I, he'd probably definitely be top five if he get five rings. I ain't going to hold you. But he got the team to do it this year. Look at that rotation that them niggas got, bro. Look at the rotation, bro. You know what I'm saying? Look at the rotation the Lakers got, bro. There ain't no way they ain't supposed to win no championship. You know, despite that, I still don't think that the Lakers are better than Denver and Milwaukee. But that's it, though. I think they better than Boston right now. But I I just, I don't think that they better than the Nuggets. Even though they're deeper than the Nuggets. But the Nuggets beat them. And the Lakers was deep as hell last year, so... Nuggets beat them with a seven-man rotation low-key. And the Nuggets didn't even play all their players last year. You know, they had Reggie Jackson on the bench. They had Thomas Bryant on the bench that they could have played. They had um, DeAndre Jordan, who they could have played. You know, they beat them with just they starting five, Bruce Brown and Jeff Green and Christian Brown. Brown, I forgot about him. So they beat them with an eight-man rotation. Lakers went 12 deep and still lost. But now that Lakers rotation is sick with Christian Wood. Now the question is, is Christian Wood going to start at center or power forward? Is he going to start or is he going to come off the bench and be the backup center? I think Christian is going to start. I think the starting lineup is going to be D'Lo, Austin Reeves, LeBron James, Christian Wood, and Anthony Davis. I think that's going to be a good starting five. It's actually a dope-ass starting five. All five of them niggas are threats. Is it safe to say that the Lakers are the Lakers a super team? Uh, we'll get to that in a minute. 
And then look at the bench, though. That bench is insane, bro. You got Rui Hashimura as the sixth man, dog. You got Jared Vanderbilt who could guard four or five positions. Pause. You got um, Max Christie who's a young up-and-coming player. You drafted... You drafted um, Jalen Hood Shafino who's cold. Who was cold in college. He's a good, solid point guard. You signed Gabe Vincent in the offseason. You steal him from Miami. Um, Who else is on the team? Damn. I ain't looking at the roster for the record. Trying to remember everybody. They got Torian Prince, who was a 3 and D guy. You know what I'm saying? They got Jackson Hayes. They got Cam Reddish. Like, the Lakers could go 12 deep, bro. There's no way that they should lose the championship. There ain't really no excuses. Even though I can make a case for Memphis being better, I can make a case. But, shit. I mean, I don't. I think that the only teams that are better are Milwaukee and Denver, bro. Because Christian Wood was the icing on the cake, man. Because they had a deep team already. Now, I'm not. I'm not suggesting that Christian Wood is going to do what he did on Dallas because. He was a better fit in Dallas than L.A., but I feel like Christian Wood won't have no pressure on him, so he's going to get a lot of open shots, open three-pointers. You know, he won't have to create his own shot like he did in Dallas. Lakers are deep as fuck. Definitely a major threat and contender for the championship next year. Just got to get there, though, buddy. You know, that West-West, that ain't no joke. I mean, you could get eliminated first round and you could be a one seed just like that. Because I feel like a lot of the, a majority of the teams in the West got better from San Antonio to Houston all the way up to teams like Sacramento. Um... Golden State. Memphis. Portland got better for show. Like a lot of the teams from the worst to first have all stepped their game up. It's going to be interesting to see like what the new NBA season is going to look like when all is said and done. But, yeah, it's about to be 4 o'clock, man. I've been with y'all for a while. I'm about to try to see if I can go back to sleep. This is King Known Uncensored. The real is back, and I'm gone.